1: What a setup! What a setup this is! Do you realize how much trouble they could have gotten into because they didn't seek the Lord? Do you realize how much trouble you and I can get into when we don't seek the Lord? When we go on our own understanding, our own uh, logic. Man's logic and man's wisdom are absolutely no match at all for the leading of the Holy Spirit within our lives.
0: We often tend to live independently of God and follow our own wisdom and logic, and we can do this even as believers. In today's message, Pastor David reminds us of the importance of not following our own logic and wisdom, highlighting the mistakes of Israel in trying to follow their own wisdom rather than seeking the Lord. He reminds us that we also can get into trouble by not seeking the Lord. Our own logic and wisdom is a poor substitute for the Spirit of God in our lives. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, Blessings of Gibeon.
1: Joshua. We've been here again as we've uh, taken it from the beginning. We're now in chapter 9. You know that they have now crossed over the uh, River Jordan. They're now in the land of Canaan. They've uh, defeated the city of Jericho. Uh, Ai beat them. Then they went back and beat Ai. Then there was a time of commitment and prayer before the Lord. So they are in the land of Canaan. Now tonight, as we get into this study, I want you, if you would, to put yourself in Canaan. Think about this for a little while this evening before we get into the Scripture. Say you are part of the people of Canaan, not the Israelites, but the people of Canaan. Think about this for a while. You've been there for hundreds of years. You've been there, your parents have been there, your grandparents have been there, your grandparents' parents, and on and on it goes. The children of Israel have been under captivity for 400 plus years. They've been away, now they're coming back. You and your tribe, your people, your culture have been there. You've in essence owned that land. You've been there. Now, with different tribes... Uh, within that area, one of the things that we know, we, we read of uh, this king or that king, there were city kingdoms and, and small area kingdoms of that time. Some of them very mighty, very powerful. Some of them uh, much smaller. It ranged all, all different sizes. But put yourself there, if you would, tonight. Put yourself there, knowing that for the most sake, you guys lived in relative peace with your neighbors. Oh, there were little border skirmishes here and there, off and on, but by and large, this kingdom was over here, this kingdom was over here, this people group was here, and these were here. So again, the overall thing was you had been there for a while. You had maintained your own areas. You were in a peaceful coexistence with those that were around you. And then you get wind of this foreign group that's suddenly moving into your area. You've heard rumors about these people, these uh You've heard the rumors probably from traveling merchants as they've come through about these people that, that used to be slaves and now they're coming across as this mighty, mighty army. You've heard how they broke free from the tyranny of Egypt's uh, Pharaoh, how, again, through the power of their God, they had destroyed the very army of Pharaoh right in the midst of the Red Sea. You've heard these stories, and now they're coming onto your land. You've heard the stories of how they wandered in the wilderness for some 40 years, and I think probably during those 40 years you're just anticipating, wondering what's going to be going on. Where are they headed? Are they going to come our way? What's going to take place? How is this going to change Our lives. You've heard also recently how they had defeated Shihon, the king of Hezbon, and and the and the giant king Og, Og of Bashan, and how these two mighty kings had been defeated by these people of these Hebrew people, these. People out of Egypt, this tribal people, these wandering people, you don't know a whole lot about them, but you know that everywhere that they're going, they're defeating the forces that they come upon. This traveling band of former slaves seems to be a pretty mighty army. And the God that they serve, the God that they worship, appears to be pretty powerful because all the other gods of these pagan nations don't have any power over him. They're coming in, they're taking control, they're taking ownership. Word had gotten around pretty quickly, how they crossed over the Jordan on dry land, how they came up to the city of Jericho, and again, how their God had allowed them to defeat Jericho by pulling down the very walls. Not only Jericho, but also everyone in Ai had been executed. No one left alive in Jericho or in Ai. You and all the others there in the land of Canaan, you're now wondering what the future is going to hold for you. A lot of other people, a lot of the city-states, they decided that they were going to join together, that they were going to join forces together. Forget about our differences for a season. We need to come together and come against this common enemy for our own survival. That seemed to be the direction. That seemed to be the focus of everything. But for you... You and your people, you don't think this is a very viable option. You don't think this is a really wise thing to join together with everyone else and come against this new people, this wandering people that's coming in. You don't want to join together. You haven't joined together with them very much in the past, and you're not really on that friendly terms with all these neighboring tribes. There's got to be another way of dealing with the situation of this other army, this other people that are coming in. There's got to be another way to be able to deal with this threat to your very existence. And that's where we're at right here in Joshua chapter 9. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's take a look at it this evening. I'm going to read up. A pretty good portion of it, and then we'll uh, come back and speak about it. Joshua chapter 9, And it came to pass, when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland and all the coasts of the Great Sea, which is the Mediterranean Sea, toward Lebanon to the north, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, when they all heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, well, they worked craftily, and they went, and they pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins, torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. They went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We've come from a far country, and now therefore make a covenant with us. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, Oh, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you, and where do you come from? And they said to him, From a very far country your servants have come. Because of the name of the Lord your God, for we have heard of his fame, all that he did in Egypt, all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon and Og of Bashan, who was the Ashtoreth. Therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you on your journey, and go to meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now therefore make a covenant with us. This bread of ours, we took hot for our provisions from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now, look, it's dry and moldy. These wineskins, which were filled with new, were filled, were new, and see they're torn. And these, our garments and our sandals, have become old because of the very long journey. They cooked up a plan. They uh, cooked up this real deceitful action of how to be able to come to Joshua, to be able to come to the elders and the leaders of Israel and deceive them to, to trick them, they got on all this old clothes and worn out things and they came up to them and said, look, see, we've been traveling for a long time. But one thing is, I, I looked at that I got, I got to thinking, some of this doesn't quite make sense. And I'm just wondering if, if for Joshua and some of the elders, if they really weren't listening. I don't think they were listening very clearly, at least. They definitely weren't listening to God at this point in time. But even what these guys were saying, let me just throw you in where my brain kind of went with this thing. They come up and say, look, our bread is all dry and moldy. Well, let me ask you, if you have dry and moldy bread, how long would you carry it around in your knapsack with you? Uh, I think I'd be tossing that thing. They said our bread is dry and moldy. Well, how long does it take bread to get dry and moldy? A week, two weeks, maybe three weeks, you know, it's gonna be. But their clothes are worn out. How long does it take clothes to wear out? I mean, every, it, things just don't seem right to me. Now, it's easy for me to sit here and say, it doesn't seem right to me. I'm not in the situation. But for Joshua and these elders, they were easily deceived by these guys. They were easily deceived because I don't think that they were paying attention. They definitely were not paying attention to the Lord. Now, you would have thought that they learned their lesson by now. You know what's the situation that happened at AI? They went and they, they went against AI without seeking the Lord's direction, without seeking the Lord's leading in it. They went and uh, they got spanked a bit, and uh, so then they came back, they sought the Lord, the Lord said, "Well, this is why, because of this, because of the sin of Achan, you need to get the sin of Achan out of the camp, then I'll give you the victory." And so when they went back to AI, then they got a great victory. You would think that they would have learned by that time. To seek the Lord before you start making these major decisions in your life. You would think we would learn, don't you? That we would seek the Lord before we make major decisions in our lives. And yet I know that probably many of us in here tonight can probably attest to the fact that there's been a couple of things within my life I made a decision on and I thought it was the right thing, seemed logical. I weighed everything. I took all you know the pros, all the cons, weighed it all out, seemed to be the right thing to do. But did you really pray about it? That's the thing every once in a while my wife will ask me and it just bugs me to death. But did you pray about it? Okay, yeah, I need, we need to pray about it, but it makes such logical sense. And I see this here. It seems to be logic that they're looking at. They're not looking at, again, what God is speaking, what, what the Lord is directing. They're just not really thinking it through here, or perhaps they're thinking too much and not praying enough at this point. And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what we see when we get down to verse 14. Verse 14 says, Then the men of Israel took some of their provision, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them, and he made a, a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. They did not seek counsel of the Lord, they did not ask the Lord about the situation. What a setup! What a setup this is. Do you realize how much trouble they could have gotten into because they didn't seek the Lord? Do you realize how much trouble you and I can get into when we don't seek the Lord? When we go on our own understanding, our own uh, logic. Man's logic and man's wisdom are absolutely no match at all for the leading of the Holy Spirit within our lives. Our logic. Our wisdom can't even begin to be compared to the wisdom of God when we seek Him in our lives. And again, you would have thought they would have learned that at AI. But then you would have thought you and I would have learned that at the last situation that we ran into, too. It's a lesson we continue to learn. It's a lesson that's relearned over and over and over again. Dale Davis, writer, declares that Jehovah's direction, it was available, but it was ignored He also says that the leaders of Israel, it was not that they were sloppy in their investigation, but they were alone in their decision. It wasn't that they didn't think, but it's just that they didn't pray. They did not have because they did not ask. It's interesting. We can spend so much time thinking and probing and pondering and not nearly enough time seeking. When most of the times, if we would seek the Lord, he gives us the answer so clearly. Oh, I I admit that there's many times we seek the Lord, the, the, the answer doesn't come as clearly. But beloved, let's not be guilty of not seeking the Lord, okay? Let's not be guilty of just going on our own logic without laying before the Lord the the decisions and the directions of our lives. Just because it makes logical sense, makes clear understanding to us, man, how easily the enemy can come in and deceive us in so many areas. Do you realize how crafty he is and how wise he is to the things of this world? The enemy is the setup guy for the things of this world that draw us away from the will and the purpose and the direction of God in our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul so often warns the church with words like, make sure you put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, that trickery, that deceitfulness of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. You and I, that's the battle that every one of us are in. If you claim Christ as your Savior, you desire to walk in the things of the Lord, you need to understand that that battle is continually before you in the decisions and in the directions you make in life. That's why Paul also reminds us that, again, Satan himself, or he transforms himself into what? An angel of light. Oh, that seems so good. That seems like such a clever idea. That seems like such a brilliant thing. But it is it of the Lord. And that's again why the Word says, hey, make sure and test the spirits and see if they are of the Lord or not. Why? Because the enemy of our souls is looking for ways to come and defeat us, distract us, detour us, from being faithful and following the lord the apostle paul or peter he warns the church in 1 peter chapter 5 he says be sober that means to be right minded get your head on right he says be sober and be vigilant why because your adversary the devil he walks around like what a roaring lion a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And we've all seen the, you know, the National Geographic films, you know, of the, uh, the poor old dumb gazelle. He's kind of out and he's away from everybody else. All the rest of them, they're over huddled with each other, watching out for each one's watching out for the other one. And we're taking care of each other. And then, and then there's that one that kind of wanders off by themselves. And what happened? That's when the line gets the one that's off on their own. That's why he says, man, you got to be vigilant. you gotta be, you got to be right-minded. The enemy is looking for ways. Oh, that looks really nice over there. I think, well, I'm going to leave over here and go over there and try that out. The enemy is looking for ways to lead us and direct us in ways that aren't of the Lord, that will, again, cause problems, cause issues in our life. And the problem all too often is, is that children of God seek his face after they've made a decision or after they've followed a particular path. Oh, it all made such perfectly good sense yesterday, but today suddenly the reality hits. It made perfectly good sense when I charted it all out on paper, but now I see the reality. Problem is, is it just wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's purpose for you, and so there you have it. There, That's where you're sitting. That's why the writer of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord what with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. But the problem all too often is is that there's a lot of times we've already chosen our path. We've already charted our course. We've already made our decisions. We've already begun our journey. And then we say, Lord, bless it. Lord, honor this thing that I've got myself messed up in. And suddenly we start facing the consequences of the choices that we make. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55.6, he says, "...seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near." And again, the problem is, is even as believers, too many times we go through our life and we go through maybe a week and maybe a couple of weeks and maybe a month and maybe it's a couple of years before we really and truly are seeking the Lord's leading and direction in our lives. And many times we are in the midst of our our most impressive plans the greatest schemes that we've come up with in years and we're just right in the very middle of these things and we find ourselves far from the will of God because we've looked at the plans of man and the schemes of man rather than the will of God we didn't intend to walk away from his will but the problem is is we never really pressed into his will either we never really sought out his will in our life and suddenly here we are, we're far away from it. We've moved in our own understanding. We found ourselves being led further and further away from the Master's plan, the Master's presence, and the Master's power in our life. Not because we were just walking in sin and rebellion, but because we weren't seeking after His will. We weren't walking and pressing into Him. So what happens when we've messed up? What happens when we've moved in our wisdom rather than the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Well, let's take the lesson from Joshua. Verse 16 tells us. In verse 16, we look and it says, And it happened at the end of three days, after they had made the covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. And then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Kephrah and Biroth and Kirjath Jerem. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers. It's interesting. The very first thing you notice, and I believe probably a lot of us even here tonight, we can attest to the fact that when we followed our own way rather than the Lord's way. And and again, I'm not saying just in, in blatant sin. I'm just saying in not seeking the Lord's direction in our life, going after logic, going after our own human wisdom. There's a lot of times we'll find ourselves now with the consequences of those choices. Now I've got to deal with the consequences in my life. Regardless of our motive of why we went what way we did, quite often we've got those consequences that we've got to deal with. And it would appear here as though the men of Gibeon, they were there with the army of Israel, they were able to stay with them, and now Joshua is leading the people, and it would seem, uh, and again, a little bit of speculation here, but it would seem that probably as Joshua and the people of Israel are going toward Gibeon, suddenly the men of Gibeon, they realize, uh, we better say something. Otherwise, they're going to be on our city, and they're going to be fighting against our city. And so suddenly they learn. It seems as though, again, they speak out. They, they sought an audience with Joshua. They explained who they really were. And in explaining, they also reminded Joshua of that covenant that you made with us. Now, you made us a promise now that you wouldn't kill us. But... This is our city right here that you're about to come against. Now, so Joshua was faced now with this task of standing before his own people and declaring his mistake, saying, hey, guys, I blew it. I made a covenant with these guys. I promised these guys that we wouldn't kill them, but that we would protect them. Yeah, we were deceived, but we made a covenant with them, and our God honors covenants. It's not just a light-hearted thing in our God's eyes. Our God, when He gives a covenant, He intends to keep that covenant, and He intends for us as His people to keep that covenant. So as Joshua is, I can imagine the embarrassment, the frustration, even as he and all the other leaders of the people come before the people and say, you know what, we blew it. It seemed logical, it seemed right, but we didn't seek God in this. What a horrible thing for a leader. Of God's people to say, uh, listen, uh, we didn't seek God in this, and I've now got you guys in a jam. Open our hearts,
0: us from by the open word. Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday School. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need.
1: Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the teachings page.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you.